Salvation Now podcast, where you'll discover and be equipped with keys from the Word of God that will pave the way to God's unlimited blessing in your life. Now, here's your host, Evangelist T.J. Malkanji. Welcome, Evangelist Daily. <laughs> My sound was out. I was muted. Muted. You know, we don't have guests often, so bear with me. Um, yeah, I wanted to have you on basically because I want to discuss, I want to talk about miracles uh, today because, and especially because I've seen you post on your IG many videos of miracles uh, happening uh, that you've, you know, in Africa, you've reposted other ministers. So I know this is something that's been boiling in your spirit and it has been boiling in my spirit too. And so I, I wanted to have you on to discuss this subject of miracles because miracles are like a taboo thing in the body of Christ. There's people who there's like two ends of the spectrum, people that believe in miracles, people that are all for it. And then there's people who it's like the age of miracles is gone. The God of miracles has changed. We've got, we've readapted. God has changed his program. And now we have to suit up and adapt to his program now, but that does not include miracles. But I wanted to go through, uh, the subject of miracles as found in the Bible, because the doctrine of miracles cannot be based upon man's testimony or dogmatic, dogmatic statements on miracles. The doctrine of miracles and any doctrine that we build has to be built and founded upon the Holy Scriptures. Our standard for living and believing is the Bible. The Bible says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in the heavens. The word of God is God's settled word in heaven and on earth. And so I'm not interested in hearing some guy's new TED talk and what he has, this new revelation or new discovery that he's made in the word of God, that God doesn't do miracles anymore. This is God's new program. He's actually moved on from miracles. Miracles were very primitive, but now God has a new play, uh, play, program, a new play out, a new playbook that he works by and, rule, and walks by. That's not what I'm interested in. I'm interested in seeing what the Bible has to say about it. And remember, the Bible says, Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, who was the word made flesh, is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Forevermore. It's not going to change. He's not schizophrenic. He's not an up and down God. He is God. And the Bible says in Malachi 3, 6, I change not. And so the God of the Bible who did miracles then is the God of the Bible who's ready and willing to do a miracle for you today. So before I pass on the mic to, to Evangelist Taylor, I want you, as he speaks today, set your faith not to hear a nice message, not to have a golf clap sermon, not to just be informed today, but to be transformed by the ever-living, incorruptible, unchangeable word of God. The Bible says, as we behold this word in a mirror, with unveiled faces, that means as we gain revelation of the word, we're being transformed into the same image of the Bible, the image of Christ, from glory to glory. So set your faith today. Say this before we even move on. Father, I'm going to receive what you have for me today. I'm not leaving this broadcast the same way I came. I'm going to walk out with my miracle package, and the devil won't have anything to say about it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's man. I'll tell you what the key to miracles. I'll give people the best advice you could possibly have for receiving a miracle today. The key to receiving your miracle is simply faith. But 
When you get so caught up in your mind, so caught up in carnality, it's so easy to bypass faith when the reality is God is a very simple God. He doesn't have this massive equation that he needs in order for you to receive a touch from heaven. God's equation is simply believe me at my word and know that you know that you know I'm going to come through. Don't doubt. Remember, James said a double-minded man should expect to receive nothing from God. Don't be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, just like Evangelist TJ said, by every other TED Talk that jumps on to your Instagram, to your YouTube, to your Facebook. Don't be tossed to and fro. You know, there's a great man of God. His name was Smith Wigglesworth. And he wouldn't even let Lester Summerall bring a newspaper into his house because he said, I won't be tossed. I won't let my faith be wavered even a little bit because the reality is, is in faith is the same result that you'll get in anything in life. You are either growing or you're backsliding. There is no in between. Lukewarm Christianity, lukewarm faith is backslidden Christianity. It's backslidden faith. But when your faith is ever increasing, when your faith is ever stretching, when you carry this heavenly treasure that's found in earthly vessels, like it says in 2 Corinthians 4, then that faith is actually your key. I call it heaven's currency to your miracle. Remember, the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. And all you need is a mustard seed to move a mountain in your life. And the first story that comes to mind for me when it comes to receiving your miracle by faith is in Acts chapter 14, you see Paul go down the Lystra and he sees a man there who's receiving the gospel for the first time in Lystra. And all Paul is doing is preaching. He didn't bring him up in front of the crowd. He didn't run and lay hands on him. He didn't dump a gallon of oil on him, even though all those things are great and they're totally biblical. All it took was Paul preaching the word of God. It says in Proverbs chapter four, my word is life to their bones and healing to their flesh. And as Paul preached the gospel, the simple word of God, even though it's simple, it's so it's so profound. But as he preached the word of God, as the word went forth, that man had faith to be made well. And all Paul had to do was look at him intently and said, get up and walk. That's all it took. You today on this live stream, you today listening, all it takes is one word from God to receive a miracle in your body. All you need to do is say, I align my faith with God's word today, that no matter what the newspaper says, no matter what CNN says, no matter what my Baptist pastor said as I was growing up, and that's not to hit on Baptist, I'm just saying, <laughs> but no matter what other people said in your life, make the decision today to know that you know that you know that God's word is the ultimate authority and it has the power to make you well. And when you grab onto it like that and you believe it, that no matter what the cost, I'm getting my miracle today, you'll receive. And it'll be like, like a knife cutting through butter. It'll just be like that. It'll be, we won't even have to pray for you. As the Come word on. goes forth, just like with Paul, your body will be made well today. So expect a miracle. Have a heavenly expectancy right now, even as we're talking. That's right. And I love how you said that because what is a miracle? Basically, a miracle is God's divine act that is in response to the desperate faith of men. That's what a miracle is. It's a divine action that is a response to the desperate faith of men. That's what a miracle is. 
And so without faith, we obviously know that we cannot please God. But with faith, the Bible says, if you have a mustard seed faith, even as Evangelist Talon said, you have the ability, you have power. You know, the greatest power in the universe is not the atomic bomb. It's not the nuclear bomb. The greatest power in the universe is not hydrogen bombs. The greatest unused, I will add, for uh, by and large, power in the universe was never electricity it is the atomic power of faith that is resident in the hearts of individuals that when you release it jesus said no matter you know think of this no matter how great of a bomb you have you cannot blow up mount everest you cannot blow up uh mount washington no matter how much of a of a bomb i don't know how much how big of a bomb hiroshima shiras hiroshima style bomb it cannot blow up a mountain but faith jesus says actually has the power to move mountains and i believe jesus was speaking very literally there to show you like how far faith can take you how far that was like the extent the extension of faith that's how that's how magnanimous the power of faith is that if you'll have faith as small as a mustard seed you can say to the mountain be thou uprooted and cast into the midst of the sea you see you've heard the term the miracle of modern science we've heard that term the miracle of modern science what's a miracle of modern science a miracle of modern science is like the development of technology the development of uh, medical tech medical gear the development or the um the discovery of electricity the discovery of air travel those are miracles of modern science which daniel 12 3 or 12 4 says in the last days there will be knowledge that increases on the earth god prophesied that there would be this miracle of modern science that would come where is it's only a miracle in the standard of man but that is not the miracles that we're talking about today a miracle of modern science. Science deals with the discovery of the set laws of nature through observation. That's what, that's what modern science has done. They've, they've developed and innovated things based on their observation of the set laws of nature. Science is the discovery of the set laws of nature through observation. But a miracle, and the miracles we're talking about today, is the disruption of the set laws of nature for divine intervention a miracle is the disruption of the set laws of nature for divine intervention what do i mean by that well there are people that got together and they tapped in to discover electricity they worked hard to do that they did not invent electricity they just discovered electricity they made objects and elements that were conducive to have electricity and the current of electricity flow to power up different appliances and devices. A miracle, Jesus didn't work with the water. He didn't make a boat to cross the water. Jesus walked on the water. He suspended the natural law to give way to the supernatural law. And so the first thing that you need to establish in yourself today is that when God does a miracle for me right now, it's going to be something that I cannot reason or logically come up with in my mind. Quit going with conventional things. We serve an unconventional God. We serve a God that the Bible says what eye has not seen, what ear has not heard, what has never 
never enter the heart of man. These things God has prepared for those who love him. God wants to do things that will blow your mind today. I mean, you go to the Red Sea. Moses is there with three million Israelites and he starts to cry out to God. God, do something about it. And God said, what are you calling out to me for? I've given you all things that are necessary to work this miracle for yourself. Take the rod, which was symbolic of the word. Like Evangelist Talon said, that man at Lystra, he heard the word and he provoked his own miracle. Do you know that you can wait on miracles and then wait till you die? Or you can take the word that you're hearing today and work the miracle yourself and see God do that, which is far more abundantly all that you can ask or think or imagine according to his power at work in you. It's the power at work in you. Everything that's necessary to work a miracle today is in you. And as faith comes alive in you and you start to walk out and step out of the boat, you'll find out not only could Jesus walk on water, not only can Jesus do the supernatural, he showed us, you see, Jesus didn't just do miracles to just show that he was the son of God and greater than all. He did miracles, yes, to do that, to, to show his divinity. Yes, he did miracles to show his compassion and love towards mankind. But John 14, 12 says, the works that you've seen me do, ye shall do in greater. One of the purposes of miracles, of Jesus's miracle ministry was to show the disciples what you seen me do, I'm now giving you the same spirit to accomplish in your own life. So Moses hears from God, what are you crying out to me for? Take the rod, take the word, and with it do signs and wonders. And when he waved it over, over the sea. The sea parted left and right. That's something that had never been heard of before. That's something that had never been seen, a body of water moving. And you know what that did? It set the pace for miracles hundreds of years later when Elijah was at the Jordan. He now had a precedent. He can look back to Moses. He can look back to what God did through Moses. And Moses' testimony gave him faith to when the Jordan wouldn't part. He put his mantle on the Jordan and the Jordan parted left and right. So not only... Not only are we going to talk about what the word of God says about miracles and the testimonies of the word, we're going to share on personal miracles and things that we've seen in our own personal life. When we do that, don't just see, don't just sit and say, wow, isn't that wonderful what God did for them? No, what God did for them is evidence and proof of what God desires to do for you today. Praise the Lord. Brother, you're getting me all fired up. <laughs> Well, I was, so I want to hit back on uh, on how to receive your miracle because we're going to share testimonies, but I want to give people, like, like Evangelist TJ said, I'm so practical. If you want an easy formula on how to activate God's word for your life today, because I want you to remember, it, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, it's the working That's of right. miracles. It doesn't mean God is limited to one he healing miracle power or God's limited to only multiplying fish and bread. God has multiple miracles he can do in your life. If you need multiplied finances, God will show up in your life. If you need a new leg, God will show up in your life. If you're looking for a wife, hallelujah, God will show up in your life. Even that miracle, doesn't matter how ugly you are, God will show up and he'll deliver a miracle on your behalf if you plug into God's word. So it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that we carry the spirit of faith, the same one that David had. And it says that I believe, so I spoke. Therefore, we believe and we speak. In Romans chapter 4, it's talking about Abraham's life, a man who walked by faith. 
He didn't walk by the limitations of his natural senses. He didn't walk by the limitations of sight. He believed God at his word when he said, Abraham, leave your father's estate, and I want to show you a land that is a promised land flowing with milk and honey, much greater than you could ever imagine, where you will be blessed in order to be a blessing. I'll make you a mighty nation, he said. I will make your name great. He starts explaining to Abraham how faith works, to believe God at his word and to speak it. And in Romans 4, 17, it says, God is the God of raising the dead and calling those things which do not exist as though they do. That is faith. Now, in Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says that faith is the substance. It's real. It's in your heart. You can feel it. It's supernatural but you can sense it. You can feel the substance of faith, that hope that's in your heart to know that God will act on his word. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of not things that don't exist, the evidence of things you just can't see. They're there, but they're in the spirit. God's miracle working power is hovering over you now, ready for you to believe and to speak God's will for your life into existence, to call those things which are not as though they are. And that's how God's miracle power will come into your life. What's a beautiful example? The woman with the issue of blood, a woman of faith. It said that she believed in her heart when she found out Jesus was coming past her dwelling. And she spoke out of her mouth, I know, not I believe, not I hope that if I touch him, I'll be healed. It said, I know that if I touch even the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. You can believe now, you can know now, and you can speak now what it is that you need God to do in your life. And the proof of faith is praising him ahead of time for what it is that he's going to do in your life. It's the working of miracles. God will pop up right now and provide that miracle in your life. Find the scripture for it. Find what the Bible says about it. Believe it and confess it today and watch you as you get this miracle in your life, even while we're on this live stream. I remember I'll share a financial a financial miracle testimony that I have. There was, I share this a lot, but it changed my life. There was a while ago when I needed financial breakthrough in my life. I needed God to show up. I had just laid down a business that I built from scratch. I had just walked away from a full-time job that I was working 40 to 60 hours a week. So all my finances, I was totally depending on God, but I needed a miracle. I needed him to come through so I could pay my bills and show up. I didn't have a revelation on what prosperity was yet, but I felt the Lord say, Talon, if you'll believe my word, you'll confess it and you'll act on it. That's the thing. The three-step key to faith, believing God's word, speaking God's word, and then acting as you believe it. He said, if you do those three things, watch as I provide a miracle in your life. And he told me to sow a seed. It was all the money I had left just about. It was like $540. And I was like, yikes, man, I got rent coming up. I got this. I got that. In the natural, it seemed unbelievable. There was no way you would do this in the natural. And he said, just believe my word, because what does it say in God's word? Anything that you give, God will not be mocked. As a man sows, so also will he reap. But when you reap, it's pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So this was financially for me. I needed a financial miracle. He said, sow a seed and watch how I show up. So I did. I sowed that $540. It was the last bit of money I had to a minister of the gospel. 
And less than a week later, I'm at a minister's conference and another preacher whom I look up to tremendously comes up to me and says, the Lord told me to give you $12,000, 12 grand, like miracle, uh, far above, <laughs> abundantly more mm -hmm. than I could ever think or imagine is how God showed up. And that's one testimony. I didn't even need like three discs in my back. I didn't need cancer to dissolve out of my body. I just needed rent. But God showed up because I was willing to believe, speak, and act on his word. And that's a small, I'm telling you, don't even get into small thinking because that was a small miracle. If God told Abraham, I'll make you a nation. He didn't say, I'll make you a town. He didn't say, I'll make you a household. He didn't say, I'll make you a county. He didn't even say, I'll make you a state. I will make you a nation. God is a big thinking God. And he has big miracles in store for you. But here's the key. What did Jesus always say to people that came to him for miracles? Let it be done unto you as your faith has believed. As you have believed. If you put a bullseye on your faith today and you believe God, you speak and you reach out like the woman with the issue of blood, you'll get exactly what you need from the Lord even today. That's right. And, you know, when um, Zecharias was praying in the temple, and he was praying for, I would assume, a child because the angel of the Lord came with the message saying, I've been sent from God. I'm Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. This time next year, you're going to have a child. Go home. Sleep with your wife. You're, I'm giving you a child now. You know what Zechariah's first response was? How can that ever happen? He doubted God. Right. God is not limited by anything except the limitations of our own unbelief. God is not limited by anything except the limitations of our own unbelief. The book of Psalm 78 says that um, they tested him. Yeah, they tested him and limited the Holy One of Israel. They doubted him. Another word for test in, that, in the Hebrew language was doubt. They doubted him. Yeah, they doubted him. And they limited the Holy One of Israel. Your doubt is going to bind God's hands to intervene in your life. But your faith is going to release God's power in your situation to turn it around in your favor. So what did the angel have to do to, to Zechariah? He had to mute him. He said, because you doubted the word that I brought you, I'm going to mute you for the next nine months. Because if Zechariah just let his mouth go and just ran his mouth, he would have canceled his miracle. Your words are either going to water the seed of the word of God that you've sowed in faith, that you've believed on, or your words are going to uproot the seed of the word of God that has the ability to produce the miraculous in your life. So very good, uh, uh, you know, it's a very good thing that you brought up on, on, on the power of your confession in contending for a miracle because, you know, faith, faith, the, the, the faith of God, Jesus said in Mark 11, is voice expressed. There is a vocal expression of your faith. It's not something we just hold to in our hearts and cherish. There is a vocal expression. Faith speaks. It is a speaking force. The Bible says in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I believe, is, believe it is, and verse 13, it says, we having the same spirit of faith as they had, they believed and, and spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. If your faith doesn't speak, it's fake. And I'm not talking about speaking it one time like it's a lucky charm. 
Well, I call, I call that uh, organ to, to be healed in Jesus' name. And then three minutes, three minutes later, you got pain in that side of your abdomen, and you're like, well, I guess, it, guess I'm not healed. Well, time to try something else. Go to an alternative. God's obviously moved on to a different... Pro no, faith does not stop speaking until it starts seeing. You see that in Moses. Moses goes to Pharaoh, and what does he do? He says, Pharaoh, let my people go. Did Pharaoh let the people go on the first shot? No. He went back a second time, a third time. He went back 10 times. And it's on the 10th time that God, God moved so that Pharaoh had no choice but to let the people go. But the key there is Moses didn't stop speaking what he wanted to see. Fear speaks what it sees. Faith speaks what it does not yet see, but wants to see. You keep on speaking what you want to see. What the word of God promises, you can see. And you see, it's important to get into the word because the word shows you what you're not to see in your life and what you are to see in your life. The word of God paints a picture for you as to what... God's inheritances for your life, what God desires for you to have, and the things that are a violation or an infringement upon your divine rights and privileges as a child of God. If you never study the word on healing, you're going to think that sickness is just a part of old age, and you're going to settle for sickness. You're going to, you know, people die of sickness because they've settled to die. They've settled, they've, they chose not to to, to fight by the word, to fight the good fight of faith, to lay hold onto that which Christ Jesus has delivered unto them. But the word of God shows you that sickness is an oppression of the devil. It is an infringement. It's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So what does that do? When you read that, you now understand that what I'm seeing in my physical body is not my portion. It's not God's promise to me. It's not part of the every good and perfect gift that comes down from the Father of lights with whom there's no shifting shadow or variant of change. And as such, I'm going to take violent, bold action against it so that it leaves my life life so that it leaves my life i'm not gonna pamper sickness i'm gonna i'm not gonna nurse sickness you know evangelist taylor talked about financial miracles and, and and there's also there's miracles of finances there's miracles of money we saw that with the widow of zarephath god supplied her so that she in a drought was eating filet mignon and lobster while everyone else was just scattering to get whatever remains they had god can do a miracle in money for you but god wants to do miracles of healing too for you you see that's the two places i found this this is the two places where within the church not even the world within the church the devil steers up religious people to fight others against the most is in the area of money and in the area of miracles in the area of money and in the area of, of miracles of healing. That's where the devil draws the line, where he doesn't want people to move on in those areas because as long as he can keep you poor, he can keep you bound to the financial system of this world. And as long as he can keep you sick, he can keep you bound to the pharmaceutical industries of this world wherein he takes in, I mean, look at how much money is generated by keeping people sick. And so the gospel offers for free what the devil charges you to stay bound with. That's why he fights mm -hmm. the most. But remember what Jesus said, the devil might come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that you might have life and life more abundantly, not just life in your spirit so we can have joy and peace while we get our faces slapped by the devil in every other area of our life. I'm talking about supernatural authority and domination in every area of life. And we're, I, I want to go through miracles of healing next. 
just to, because I believe there's people, I've had messages come in, I've had people write to me that, you know, they either are sick with something that the doctor said you're going to have to live with the rest of your life, or they have, they have people in their own family or in their own immediate surroundings that the doctors have given up on. Well, let me tell you, doctors might have given up on you, but God has certainly not given up on you. And that's why the grace of God drew you to this broadcast today. It's to hear these words from Evangelist Taylor and myself so that faith can rise in your heart. You see, fear succumbs to defeat and plays dead, just lies down and just waits for the, the battle to just pass on. Faith rises up to the challenge and to the occasion. And like David says, the same God that delivered me in times past is here today to deliver me from this present day challenge. And I know, like that woman with the issue of blood, I know, I know I'm going to be healed. Not I might be healed. Not perhaps if God's happy, I'll be, no. I know that God is unchanged by time. He's not mutable. He's immutable. He's the everlasting God. And I know that the same God of the Bible is present here, willing to do for me today what I'm believing him for. I, 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 I had the story of Mark 2 stir up in my spirit, talking about healing. Mark 2 was the story of the paralytic man who the Bible says his friends were at this meeting with Jesus preaching, and obviously Jesus preached the doctrine of miracles and healing because how would they have had faith to leave that meeting, go and find their most sick friend, their most sick, uh, I don't know if he was a relative or a friend, but anyhow, they found him and brought him to where Jesus was. And when they saw that now that they had come back, there was no more room to receive him, not even near the door, they proceeded to saw the roof open and let him down in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, the Bible says, he told the man, son, your sins are forgiven. Could imagine the confusion on that guy's face. I didn't come here to get my sins forgiven. I came here to get healed. And then not only that, the Pharisees began to say, this man, who does he think he is blaspheming God? Only God can forgive sins. The, Jesus, perceiving their thoughts, said, which is easier for me to say, your sins are forgiven? Arise, pick up your bed and be healed. But that you might know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, I say to you, rise up and get healed. I bring this up for one, one point and one point alone. Jesus showed in that one statement, which is easier for me to say, son, your sins are forgiven or son, be healed. He showed in that one statement that the same power that was released at Calvary to deal with our sin problem is the same power. It's not a different power. It's not like God uses a certain part of his power to forgive and then another part that he reserves for a select few to heal. The same power that God uses to forgive people and cleanse, cleanse them of their past and of their wrongs, their wrongdoing, and annul the debt of iniquity that they held towards God is the same power that the gospel provides for people that need physical healing in their bodies. So the way you're going to receive a miracle of healing today is to quit putting off healing to a future event. I know God's going to heal me one day. I know, I know, I know one day. Bless God. That healing power is going to hit my body. The Lord actually revealed it unto me that he's going to heal me one day. But that in the meantime, I'm just to be patient in my tribulation. As long as the devil keeps you convinced on that, you are going to stay sick. I'm not, this is my own testimony. I was told when I had OCD, the first few people, Christians that I talked to told me that this was Paul's thorn in my flesh. 
And as long as I believe that this was Paul's thorn in the flesh, which by the way, now looking back on it, I'm like, wow, what? how amazing I must have been for God to give me a thorn in the flesh. It, Paul got a thorn in the flesh because of his abundant revelations and all the things God had shown him to go on and write two thirds of the New Testament. I just got saved and God was already giving me a thorn in the flesh, which if you study it, the thorn in the flesh is not a sickness or a disease. It is a group of persecutors that followed Paul everywhere he went that were in modern day, a pain in the rear end. That's what it means. Thorn in the flesh just means a pain in my rear. And the Bible says that Paul had that thorn in the flesh and I was told that this was my thorn in the flesh and so I settled. I said, well, I guess this is something I must patiently endure in order to make up for my past wrong. Everything I've ever, everything I've, I've ever done, everything I've ever said, this is just my way of redeeming myself before God, which by the way, that is heretical. That is a doctrine based on works. Remember, we are saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. The moment I read Isaiah 53 for myself, that doesn't say that that Jesus is going to sovereignly heal you in the future just in his own time. It says he at the cross, at the cross. We're not looking forward to healing. We're looking back at the cross. He bore my sickness. At the cross, he carried my pains. At the cross and before the cross, he took stripes on his back so that I can be physically healed and break free from the torrent, the terror and the horror of sickness and disease. So that now, I don't have to reach forward for healing. I can look back to what Christ already accomplished for me at the cross as a done deal. Jesus didn't say, one day it'll be finished. Just looking forward to that day. He hung on that cross and said, it's done. Tetelestai is the Greek word for it. Which literally means the debt's been paid. The payment's been made. And there's nothing else that is onto your account. You are 100% you are set free from the bondage of that debt, of what that debt brought on you. When sin came as a result of our violation of God's commands, cosmic rebellion against God that Adam made in the Garden of Eden, sin passed through the human race. We, as a result, were held in bondage to the debt that we owed as a result of our transgression. When the sin problem went all the consequences, all the penalties, all the errors of our sin, all the recompense or the rewards of our sin that came on the human race and ravaged the human race was supernaturally annulled at the same time. So I want to encourage you today. If you're believing God for a healing in your body, quit looking to a future event. Look back. That's why the Bible says in Numbers 21, when Moses lifted up the brazen serpent, all who looked to the serpent lived. They didn't just have their sins forgiven, they looked and were healed of the bites of the fiery serpents and they, they lived. Jesus said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so I must the Son of Man be lifted up. I want to ask you something. If a brazen serpent, which was a symbol of what Christ would ultimately come to accomplish for us, had the power to destroy sin and sickness in the Israelites' bodies and spirits, how much more shall the actual Jesus hanging on that cross as we look to the substitute for our wrongdoings, hanging on that cross, absorbing in his body the tumor you have, absorbing in his body the faulty pancreas that you have, absorbing in his body the knee pains and the deteriorating uh, uh, eye eye nerves and, and optical nerves that are causing you to see vaguely 
All those things were laid on Jesus. That's why it took him three or six hours to die when it should have took like two or three days to die. It's because he was redeeming us, redeeming us from all the curse of the life. It was laid on him. And Satan now, get me, hear this. Satan can no longer lay on you what God already laid on Jesus Christ. When that comes, you're like the man at Lystra. I'm so glad you brought that up. Acts chapter 14. That's not, oh... Brother, could you just have me in special prayer? I just, you know, you know, they always hang around at the end of every, I can preach a sermon like this. Tell people, you don't need special prayer. Do you think, honestly, that I have some, like, special cloth that I keep hidden away that when people come to me after and say, can I get special prayer? I pull it out and say, oh, I'm glad you asked. I've been saving this one for this time, for such a time as this. No, you can be healed, like Evangelist Taylor said, just by hearing this word today, looking to Jesus mm -hmm. and saying, everything I'm struggling with, was already on him. Why should I spend one more day down? Why should I spend one more day sick? Why should I spend one more day in pain if Jesus already took the pain away? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, here's what I've, I've noticed with Christians. We'll believe God will do a miracle for everybody Come but on. us. <laughs> right? It's like, I know I know God will heal Aunt Sally. I know God will deliver Uncle Jerry. But there's I, I, I'm too far away from God. He wouldn't do it for me. But that's just like Evangelist TJ was saying. You have to understand. God loves you right. just as much as he loves Aunt Sally. Mm -hmm. Jesus paid the price just as much for you as he did for Uncle Jerry. There's nothing, just like you said, there's nothing left in this world that can hold you down anymore. You know, the Bible says that as Jesus is now, so are we in this life. As he is now, our inheritance is heaven. Our citizenship is heaven. Jesus said, as you pay, pray, you pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your prayers are meant to pull heaven into earth, to pull the inheritance of heaven through the spiritual realm into the natural realm to redeem the Garden of Eden, to pull back what was originally there for your life. That's what the Bible says. As Jesus is, so are we in this life. Is he sick? Nope. Is he addicted? Nope. Is he in a wheelchair? Nope. Neither are you. You are seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ. The blood of Jesus covers you, paid the price. And the reason why miracles are so important, and I'll share a story of one of the first times I saw a miracle happen. The reason miracles are so important is because Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 2. He said, I came to you in power and the demonstration of the Spirit so that your faith wouldn't rest on my sermon. So that your faith wouldn't rest on my ability to communicate the word. You listen to a lot of people. Man, it's like every day I see people posting on Instagram. This guy's just, and I don't want to, I'm not going to mention any names. This, this guy's just a great communicator of the word. He just knows how to communicate with the audience. I don't give a rat's anything how good of a communicator you are if you don't flow in the power of God. Because Paul said, I came in the demonstration of the spirit and power so that your faith would rest on the power of God, not on my ability to preach a sermon. Right. So when you have a faith that rests on the power of miracles, that's a longevity faith. That's a faith that will 
past the testing of time. That's a faith, like it says in James 1, that's unwavering, that is true and genuine and will persevere through everything. Because the moment you see a miracle, there's no going back. The first time I laid hands on somebody and I saw them healed, there was nothing that no demon, no preacher, no pastor, no person could ever tell me to make me doubt the healing and miracle working power of God ever again. My faith from that moment forward rested on the power of God. And that's what Paul wants for you. And I remember I was sitting in evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth meeting a little over a year ago. And this is the first time I saw like a miracle miracle that blew my socks off. And I'm sitting out in St. Louis, Missouri, and evangelist Jonathan starts flowing in the Holy Ghost. And as he's flowing in the Holy Ghost, there was a woman that drove nine hours. She had a tumor on her esophagus, and she couldn't eat. She couldn't swallow. She couldn't digest food. She was expected to die. Received a bad report from the doctors. Was not expected to live anymore. She comes up by faith. He wasn't even done preaching yet. She made her way out of the crowd to walk up by faith to get her miracle because her faith was bursting at the seams. See, there's a point in your faith when that substance of hope gets so thick in your inner man that you are bursting at the seams and you will reach out to grab a man of God, to grab a woman of God, to get what you know Jesus paid the price for. And that's where this woman was. Her faith was bursting at the seams. She runs up and he didn't even touch her, just said, be healed. Instant miracle, brand new esophagus, tumor, gone. Brand new digestive system, goes home, eats everything just fine, starts putting on weight and she's alive and well today. And when you see something like that, one, your faith will never be shaken. You're like, dude, I've seen the miracle working power of God. I cannot go back. It, it, it gives substance to what you've heard your whole life. But the issue is people grow up hearing about a miracle working God and they never experience a miracle. They don't see him in church. They don't see him on TV. All they see is documentaries on Netflix of people building their theology around a theology and a doctrine that says miracles don't exist. And that's all they see. They don't see the miracle working power of God. But I'll tell you what. Right now, if you're listening, you are a part of a generation that God is raising up to flow in the power of miracles. There's going to come a time very short, very soon, it's coming quickly, where you will walk into a church service and people's eyes will grow in their head. People's arms and limbs will grow back on their body like that. You won't even have to say a word. God's glory is coming so strong on this generation. You will walk down the streets and miracles will happen. People will get miracles and they won't even ask for it. They'll get too close to you. The same way that sickness, Brother Hagen, Dad Hagen used to say, sickness can't even live near me. The same way John G. Lake would put sickness on his hand and you would watch it just die, dissolve. Brother Hagen said the same thing. When people got around him, they weren't allowed to be sick. That's how it's going to be with miracles. People around you are not going to be allowed to not be made whole. You're going to be walking and people are just going to get miracle after miracle after miracle because the glory of God is going to be wrapped around you the same way it was in the beginning with Adam and Eve. They were clothed in the glory of God in the garden. That's why they had to go put clothes on when they had sinned. They didn't need clothes before. They were clothed in God's glory. You've been redeemed, restored, totally forgiven and put back in a position to walk clothed in the glory of God. And when you do, you'll see miracles like evangelist Jonathan saw and the way that I saw it. That service took me to the next level in my faith walk. 
When I saw a miracle with my own eyes, not only did I know, not just believe, I knew God was a God of miracles and he did it for her and he would do it for me. That was the first thing I saw. The second thing I saw was I don't have that in my services and I'm doing something wrong. I need to go to the next level. I would fast. I would pray. I would press in. And when you catch revelation, it requires a response. And my response was I'm laying down anything that could hold me back from walking in that. And that's what I want. The same way Elisha wanted Elijah's mantle. I want that in my miracles. And I went for it and I've gone for it. And because of that, I've seen miracles happen in my services. I've seen healings happen in my services. I've seen praying for people through live streams like this. I've seen people just uh, last week, I was doing a live stream and there was a man who had basically no auditory nerve. He was missing parts in his ears for him to hear high frequency sounds. Gets a creative miracle just like that on a live stream. Brand new ears from birth. He had hearing aids in and he didn't know how to talk right. He couldn't hear right. He got brand new ears and he said him and his mom threw away the the uh, the earphones that he was using, the hearing aids for his ears, threw them away. And he has to literally learn how to speak all over again because God gave him brand new ears. I started seeing things like that. And I want to let you know, God is not a God of decrease. God didn't just do that a couple months ago. God didn't just do that last week. God's miracle power is That's ever right. increasing. If you need a miracle, you'll get it now. And even more, God is no respecter of persons. He's just waiting for you to reach out and grab it and watch how your faith will explode. Watch how it'll take you to new levels in life. Because the reality is we don't just sit back and watch God do his thing. We're co-laborers. God loves you so much. He says, I don't want to have to do all the work. I want you to do it with me. You know, John Wesley used to say, I don't know why it is this way. But it seems that God can't do anything in the earth without prayer. And that's a fact. God needs your belief. God needs your faith. And through your faith, God will create a doorway to make miracles happen in your life every day. He's a God of miracles. T.L. Osborne used to say, you can't go four pages that's in right. the Bible without seeing a miracle. Your day, your life shouldn't have four days without a miracle. God is functioning, flowing in your life so much. You should have a miracle every four days. I'm not saying like you should be out cutting limbs off and trying to get God to grow your fingers back every four days, but you should expect God to flow in the miraculous in your life every four days. Expect it. It should be naturally supernatural. It shouldn't even be something you have to think about. People should just say, yo, how did that happen? Oh yeah, I'm a Christian. How did you get that? I'm a Christian. How did this door happen? I'm a Christian. That's your answer. <laughs> That's how our lives should be every day. And it can be for you. It's happening right now. There's a quickening in the spirit. Jesus is coming back, my friend, very, very soon. Very soon. He's not coming back for a church that doesn't flow in the power. He's not coming back for a church that was weaker than the one he started 2,000 years ago. He made a demand on coming back for a spotless, wrinkle-free, lifted up and glorified bride. And it's exactly what he's going to get. You can choose today to be a part of it because God is no respecter of persons. He's, he's, he's giving you the call. Come along. You don't have to sit back with everybody else that's putting on triple layered masks and taking the jab. You can jump on to the saddle and ride this puppy all the way through because the reality is after we get raptured, what's the next thing happening? We're going to have supper with Jesus. It's going to be amazing, but we're coming back for war. You're coming back on a horse. 
to come back and lay the hammer, baby. So you better be ready. Your spirit man better be built up and ready to go to war every single day because that's what we're doing. We're here to give a thumping to the devil. And God's miracle power is what gives the thumping to the devil. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I love that you mentioned what T.L. Osborne said. You can't go four pages without seeing Jesus do a miracle. You know, it's very important. If you want to cultivate a lifestyle of miracles and not just go from miracle to miracle, like you the one needing the miracle, that God does a miracle for you today, but then now God begins to do miracles through you. If you want to have that type of lifestyle, you have to surround yourself with people who operate in the working of miracles, who operate... In the power of God, not people, you know, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12 says, we are to be followers of those who through faith and patience obtained the promises of God, not explained the promises of God. I don't read books. You can look at my library. Some some people ask me, is this like a, a fake background? No, this, this is an actual library. And there are books behind me. And every single one of those books are written by people who have moved in miracle power. I'm very careful as to what I read. I'm very careful as to, I'm not saying I'm like a very close-minded individual and I won't. No, I've read the people that don't have miracles and I don't agree with them because like I started this broadcast by saying, this book, this book is the ultimate. If anything I hear someone say or I see someone do violates the integrity of this book, I'm siding with the word of God. Just like that song in Africa says, who has the final say? Jehovah has the final say. I don't care if you tried to lay hands on the sick and it didn't work. I don't care if you stepped out once you went to a word of faith church and they, they told you you were going to have a miracle and you didn't have a miracle and you're still saying, I honestly let all men be liars, but God God be true. God's word is truth. The Bible says the heavens are going to fade away. The earth is going to pass away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. It is the incorruptible seed of the word of God that lives and abides forever. So behind me are books that are written by men and women of God whose testimonies align with scripture. They're not like... They're not people that quote one scripture at the beginning of their book and then proceed to write 196 pages on why things didn't happen for them. It's like a certain political candidate that lost in 2016 that wrote a book, Why I Lost. I don't care. I don't want to know why people lose. I want to know how people win. I want to know what makes people. What are the secrets of men? Remember, the secrets of men are in their stories. You start to see men like Teal Osborne that he brought up. Evangelist Teal Osborne. You start to see that that guy wasn't double-minded about healing. He wasn't thinking, oh, maybe God does send sickness. We don't know. We have to just trust and obey. No. He understood from the Bible, heaven's constitution, that sickness is the foul offspring of its father, Satan, and its mother's sin. And as such, they has no part in the believer's life. He understood that Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God anointed him with the Holy Ghost and power and he was with them. He understood Matthew 4, 23, Jesus taught in the synagogues, preached the gospel of the kingdom, and he healed every kind of sickness and every kind of disease amongst the people. He understood that when Naaman did dipped in the Jordan seven times and obeyed God, God healed him, even though he was a Gentile. God is not is not prone to change. And so T.L. Osborne understood that. And so when he read the Gospels, he read it 
And he said, he actually made a resolution with his wife. He said, we're going to reread. Because remember, they were Baptist missionaries and they had failed overseas. They went to India, tried the whole miracle. They tried the, uh, preaching the gospel without miracles and it didn't produce anything. They actually went back. They were going to quit the ministry. Imagine if T.L. Osborne had the type of attitude many Christians have that the moment things don't work, they just give up. Instead of being like David who said, Lord, see if there be any harmful thing in me. See if I'm doing something wrong. See if I need to shift and, tr and change certain things to align with your word so that I can see what I, you've promised that I can see. Instead of being like that, many, many people are like, well, I tried that. Well, I did that. I gave there. I did that. And, uh, and it didn't work for me. If it didn't work for you, it's not God. God's not the culprit. God's not the problem. People always blame God for things that are the actual um the results of their own poor choices or their own lack of belief or their own lack of faith. Then people blame the devil for certain things that the devil doesn't even have a, a, a hand in. People are always blaming everybody else except for themselves. When I don't see things happen in my life, I don't blame God. And I certainly will not blame the devil who's under my foot. And he is a defeated foe. He's been disarmed. He is a defanged lion. He looks like a little kitty cat with a microphone now he's not a roaring lion he is like a roaring lion but if you'd see him for what he is he is a kitty cat with a microphone he just likes to talk mm. big but he's under my feet so i don't blame him i look within i look inwardly lord see if there's anything i need to change have i you know paul said test yourself examine yourself see if you're in the faith how do you examine yourself whether you're in the faith evangelist Taylor spoke about it before three three very easy ways number one what are you speaking? What are you speaking on a daily basis? What are you confessing? What do you say about yourself? They asked John the Baptist when men were sent to see if he was the Messiah or not. John the Baptist replied, I am he. I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. They asked him, what do you say about yourself? You know where he got his answer? From the Bible. From the pages of the scripture. He didn't say, well, you know, I'm just some guy. I heard something in a vision once. No. I am, he quoted Isaiah 40 and I think it's 22. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. What do you say about yourself? When someone asks you concerning the situation you're struggling with, you're just saying, well, you know, just hoping things are going to turn out. You know, we can't, we can't win them all sometimes. Or are you saying, no, I know the Lord's going to make a way, for he always leads me in triumph by Christ Jesus. If God be for me, who can be against me? He that began a good work in me, he's going to complete it. I know my tomorrow's going to be all right, because the Bible says, say unto the righteous, all will be well with you. I know my body's going to be healed, because by his stripes I'm healed. I know my, my finances are going to flourish, because I'm a faithful covenant partner with the kingdom of God. And as I seek first his kingdom, everything else people chase after is being added to my life. I know that just like the widow of Zarephath obeyed God in obeying the voice of the prophet to give as he as she gave, it was given back unto her, pressed down, shaken together, falling over into her lap. I know that if I tithe and give offerings unto the Lord, I have an open heaven over my life. I don't have to pray for the heavens to be open. I have an open heaven over my life and I'm, a, I'm entitled to abundance for the Lord is my shepherd and he's not going to see it that I'm lacking in any situation. I'm going to have overflow because when Jesus Jesus broke the five bread and the two fish. He didn't make just enough. He made more than enough. He's El Shaddai. He's the God of all sufficiency. He's the God of more than enough. And that's going to be my story. Are you answering like that? Examine yourself. Test yourself. See whether you're in the faith or not. Then number two, are you obeying God? 
Are you obeying God? Are you following his instructions? He who has my commandments and keepeth them is the one who loves me. Don't just say you love God and then your conduct show that you actually hate him. Show that you love God by the works that you do. Jesus said, I love the father because, and the father loves me. Because the father is working until now and I work with him. Jesus was working with God. Jesus always did those things that are pleasing in God's sight. And so as a result, he had an open heaven over his life for miracles. He can go to the tomb of Lazarus and say, Father, I thank you that you hear me. I know you always hear me. Because although if I had iniquity in my heart, you wouldn't hear me. I'm pure. Jesus was clean. Jesus obviously is the sinless, sinless lamb of God. And the Bible says that he had a direct access to communication with the Father. And he said, I thank you that you always hear me. And he called Lazarus' name forth. And a man that was dead for four days sprang back to life again. He was, Jesus was the epitome of obedience to the Father. He did not, and he said, I only do what I see my Father doing. I only say what I see my Father speaking. He kept a firm watch. He was tempted in all points, even as we are, yet without sin. And I'm not just talking about personal holiness, which is of utmost importance. I'm talking about something the Lord told you to do four years ago that you're putting off and you're postponing and you're procrastinating because you're still trying to reason things out and re, uh, how am I going to get it done? What should I do? What's the best plan? I'm not saying you shouldn't plan and work your hardest, but when God says to move, move. Abraham, mm -hmm. go. Leave your father's house. Sarah, I heard from the Lord yesterday. He said to leave, but I don't know how it's going to be possible. I mean, he said that we're going to have a child. And, and, and of our descendants will outnumber the sand on the seashore. But I just, I just don't see it. I don't trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And he will direct your paths. Abraham, by faith, obeyed. When he was told to go out to a place that he didn't know where he was going. But he obeyed. Then when God said, sacrifice Isaac. He didn't say, God, can't I do Ishmael? Can't I just do it? I never liked the kid anyways. He's only caused problems ever since he was born. His wife, his mother, I don't even care for. She's getting old. She doesn't even do my laundry anymore. So why am I, why am I, why gonna, why am I gonna keep her around? No, he gave his best because God asked for his best. You, what, sometimes people are stagnated and stay in idle places because they have refused to look back to the last command God gave them and obey it. If you're not moving forward, look back to the last command God gave you. Remember, Jesus told the man that was blind, he spat on the floor, made clay with his saliva, and then put it on his eyes and said, now go and wash in the pool of Siloam. He could have sat there and said, praise the Lord, I'm anointed. Jesus himself spat on my eyes. I've got the anointing all over me. I know my eyes are going to open because Jesus laid hands on me. He, he would have died blind. Because it wasn't enough just to have his eyes spat on and clay put on and Jesus just to lay hands on him. Jesus said, now go and wash. He had to go and wash. When he carried out God's instruction, listen to this. I wrote this on Twitter yesterday and I think it bears repeating on this broadcast. If you will do, like that man, it was, it was humanly possible for him to go to the pool of Salem and wash. If you will do what is humanly possible for you to do, God will do what is humanly impossible to accomplish. If you will do what is humanly possible to accomplish, wash in a pool of Siloam. Naaman dipped in the Jordan seven times. The woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of his garment. The Israelites walked around the walls of Jericho seven times and seven times on the seventh day. Moses lifted up his rod in obedience and faith. 
If Paul took handkerchiefs from his aprons and gave it to those that were sick and demon-possessed, if you will do what you're humanly able to do, I tell you, not according to my word, according to the word of God, God will be faithful to do what is humanly impossible to do that can't be done any other way. He went and washed and he came back seen. Naaman dipped and his flesh was restored like that of a child's. The, the widow of Zarephath gave and her bin of flour was never used up and the jar of oil never ran dry. You can actually, obedience is the lever to pull to have the flow of the miraculous reach your life. Obedience is the lever to pull to have, to provoke the flow of the miraculous towards your life. And then number three, so number one is speech. Number two, obey. Obey God and what he tells you to do. If he said move, then why are you still there? If God said, uh, go and get the oil, put it on your head, pray in faith, why haven't you got the oil yet? If God said, do it, why? Jesus, they need wine. They need wine. Well, fill the water pots with water. Jesus, we need wine, not water. What are you doing? Man, this guy's never been normal. No, they did it. And when they filled the water pots with water, what happened? They took the water out with a cup, brought it to the master of the feast, and it was converted to wine. The miraculous was provoked by their obedience. You can pull the trigger that will result in an explosion of miracles in your life. But it takes you. Stop waiting. Miracles are not as a result of God's sovereign move. That he just moves on whomever he wishes to move on. And we just got to understand that his ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And we don't know exactly why he does things for certain people. But no, sometimes God will do a miracle by sovereign act. That We can see that. Sometimes he will. Sometimes he'll move. Sometimes. Very rarely. Very seldom. The miracles of the Bible. Most of the miracles of the Bible. I'd say 98% of them are faith provoked. And faith obeys. By faith, Abraham obeyed. And then the third thing, to examine yourself to see whether you're in faith. The third thing, I'm forgetting it. Speech, obedience. Maybe you want to add the third thing. Do you know the third thing? <laughs> I, th I think the key is to know it's God's will to there do a go. miracle in your life. That's good. Go ahead. Not to just, you don't... Yeah. You can't just think God is a sometimes God. He's always there. The He's always ready to move on your behalf. The Bible says his eyes actually look to and fro, looking to, to whom he can show himself strong to. He's just Come waiting. On, He's, <laughs> he already did everything he's going to do about it 2,000 years ago. He's just waiting for you to go pull the money out the bank. Oh, he's, you just got to believe and know. Do not doubt that it's God's will to do a miracle in your life. Do not doubt that it's God's will for you to do miracles in other people's lives. I once heard a man, a man of God say, someone's miracle is in your Come mouth. On. See, God, God gives such authority. Jesus said, all that the Father has is mine, and all that I have, I give to you. When the Holy Spirit comes, he will give to you all that I have. All authority in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, he said, I've given you all authority over all the power of the enemy. Not some authority over some of the power, all authority over all the power of all the enemy. Every plan that the devil has, every sickness, every missing ligament, every missing bone, everything that the devil's taken and everything he's attempted to hold you back from, Jesus has already given you authority over it. So not only is it God's will that you to receive it, 
and to flow in it, it's actually an expectation. It's That's a right. standard that he's looking for you to meet now that you're a redeemed, blood-bought son or daughter of the living God. He actually says, I mean, imagine, imagine you've got a police force in your country and you already paid for their education. You paid for them to go through training. You paid every price necessary for this sheriff to have authority over your town. And the sheriff said, nah, I think I'm just going to sit at my desk and believe that the county is going to take care of everything. No, that's not how it works. You've been put here to fulfill the Great Commission, to go and take the authority that was paid for you, the scholarship given to you on behalf of the only Son of God. He's given you everything you need to go function in the authority to take back what the devil took. You know, the Bible says, and I'm sure we'll wrap up with praying with people soon, but I want to leave people on this before we pray for people. The Bible says in the book of Job that when... Job was brought up before God. Satan came before the Lord and God said mockingly, from which have you come? Where do you come from? And he said, I came from halakking all over the earth, from wandering all over the earth. The word that Satan used when he talked to God is halakking. I believe that's how you pronounce it. And that word, or I'm sorry, it's like akbaling, something like that. You can go look it up. The word that Satan used to God was taking territory. Mm. That's wow. what Satan said to the Lord. He said, I've been taking territory all over the earth. And God said, have you considered my servant Job? When God restored you by the blood of Jesus, he restored you to go take territory Come in on. the name of the Lord. Praise because Lord. Satan had spent so many years taking territory. Now God said, don't even worry about it. Just like evangelist TJ said, he's a he's a pussycat with a microphone. Hopefully that doesn't get like flagged. Sorry, word. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to put the broadcast anyway, from 18 plus. He's, he's a kitty cat with a <laughs> microphone, you know. When you see the devil for who he really is, you know, the Bible says that in the last days, when Satan is revealed, the people are going to look in awe. Come on. And they're going to say, is this the one who deceived the That's nations? Right. Christians are going to be dumbfounded because they're going to say, is this the one that I hid behind my hymnal my whole life about? Is this the one that I chose to warm that bench pew every Sunday morning about? Is this the one that I refused to go on TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube to hit the streets preaching? Is that the one I was afraid of? That's the one I gave so much credit to? When you see the devil that way, your life will be a miracle and you'll carry the authority that was paid for you. So I don't know how you want to go about this evangelist, TJ, but I think people have been built up in the faith, and I think we got to pray for miracles, brother. Absolutely. Before we do that, I, you touched on something that needs to, that, that needs to be uh, expanded on, too. Expectation. Mm. Your expectation sets the bar for what God does for you right now. If you're going to expect God that in his timing, he'll one day do it, then in his timing, he may one day do it. But I want you to set your expectation before we pray. God is doing a miracle now. God Amen. is going to move now. When your faith says yes now, God will not wait till tomorrow to do what you're ready to believe for him today. That, that woman, the Syrophoenician woman in Matthew chapter 15 came to Jesus. She was out of time. She was actually ahead of schedule. The gospel was to come to the Gentiles eventually. Jesus' mission was to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, to the Jewish people. It was through Peter and through Paul that the Gentiles first heard the gospel. 
That Syrophoenician woman didn't let that phase her at all. She came out of schedule, out of, t- out of due time, and she came to Jesus pleading for her daughter who was severely demonized to be mm-hmm. delivered. Jesus turned to her and said, it's not good to take the children's bread and to cast it to the little dogs. Meaning it's not your time to become a child yet. Technically, the Gentiles were seen as dogs in the Jewish people. It wasn't her time for a miracle. Literally, Jesus was saying, that was the only time Jesus said, it's not your time for a miracle. And you know what she said? She didn't let that face her. She said, even the dogs get to eat from the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus rebuked her and said, you're getting around that hyper-faith crowd. I told you they were going to throw you into error. That is, that is absolute heresy. No. He looked at her and said, whoa. If you study the real, it, whoa. He like got wild by it. Daughter, great is your faith. Let it be done to you exactly as you have desired. Her faith brought her exact desire into her hands. She didn't have to wait. She didn't have to look forward to. She didn't have to wait for Peter to finally have that vision as he was in a trance on the rooftop at Simon the Tanner's house in Acts chapter 10. He, she didn't have to do that. She got pushed ahead of schedule. Literally, she was like number 965 on God's list that day on, in that time. And then she, by her faith, she got repositioned to number one. Jesus cannot ignore faith. He is attracted to faith. He is moved by faith. He intervenes by faith. He heals by faith. He does miracles through faith. When your faith says yes, God will never say no. Proverbs 3, 26 says, if you have something for your neighbor today, don't tell him tomorrow, come back and I'll give it to you when you have it with you now. It says, don't withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to give it to them. Don't withhold. Get, Evangelist Taylor said it before, get the idea out of your mind that God's withholding blessing. You want to know how we can know God's not withholding blessing? The fact that he didn't withhold Jesus. He didn't spare his only begotten son. He delivered him up for us all. And if he did that, will he not freely give us everything else we need today? And what we want today and what we desire today. If you've delighted yourself in the Lord, He's going to give you the desire of your heart today. I'm reminded of a story Lester Summerall said. There was a woman, her name was Miss Williamson in England or in Scotland. One of those like, those places, you know. And she, she had lands? no tongue. She had cancer in the tongue. Years, 12 years prior to this, she had cancer in the tongue. They had to chop her tongue off. And so she had only a little bit like of tongue flesh at the back of her tongue but she couldn't speak properly so she had to use a pen and a paper to communicate with people she goes to this meeting where an evangelist is preaching on signs wonders and miracles she goes to the altar she has she had a cold she actually it's funny she actually didn't go up to have her tongue healed that day she had a cold and she wanted to get healed of the flu when she went up she forgot her pen and paper so she couldn't communicate to the evangelist what she was up for prayer for so all he did was grab her her head and say father i pray give her the desires of her heart when he said that she started to choke and a tongue grew and formed from the piece of tongue that she had left and a brand new tongue with fresh flesh was formed and grew out of her mouth 
So distinct was it that when you looked into her mouth, you can see the cutoff of when the old flesh was and the new flesh began. If God can grow a tongue. I saw in a service in Montreal, Quebec, minister's name uh, was um, Charles, Dr. Charles Nidfan, a man of God, was preaching in Montreal, Quebec on, on miracles and healing. He, he was actually a spiritual son of T.L. Osborne. A man who I saw it. He had no eyeball in his eye socket. When Nidfan prayed for him, like Jesus did, spat on his eye. I don't know what he did. Spat on his hand or did something. When he lifted his hand off, where there was nothing. I'm not saying there was still an eyeball. I'm not saying he was blind. I'm not saying there was like, there was nothing. It was an eye socket. He took out his glass eye. Where there was nothing, an, an eye reformed. And I saw the eye myself this is not something i heard someone tell me that happened in some other service somewhere in indonesia in a rural area i'm talking about i witnessed this myself from that moment not only did i i already knew god did miracles but i, I was like that is a miracle of biblical proportion and i i actually like lord forgive me for not contending for miracles like that today forgive me for not putting the standard according to the Bible, and putting the standard according to what I think you can do. God is unlimited. Set your expectation. Not only will God do an impossible thing for you, that which doctors have given up on you, there's no closed case with God. Understand this. It's not over until God says it's over. And God will not say it's over until you win. Not only set your expectation for something large, something, you know, why believe God for much when you can believe Him for most? Believe him for the, if you're believing for your marriage to be restored, don't just to be restored back to what it was, but be it to something that'll be exemplary to the next generation. If you're believing God for finances, don't just believe God to meet your rent. Believe him to be a landlord. If you're believing God for a miracle of healing today, don't just believe him so you can get out of bed and just get on with your day. Believe him so that you can carry supernatural health, an overflow of healing power that just like Peter, your shadow passing on people is going to start healing them. Believe him for, the, for much, and believe him for most. And then not only that, set the date for your miracle as today. Today, set a date. That woman with the issue of blood said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I know I'm going to be made well. She set the appointment for destiny in her life. She set the date of a miracle. She didn't say, if Jesus comes my way, then I'm going to ask him to pray for me. And lay hands. No, she said, if, first of all, a woman with the issue of blood was to be stoned on the spot. Because it was, she, would to be, she was to be in quarantine. We've heard a lot about quarantine the last year and a half. She was to be in quarantine because they saw her as a stain to society. She was out in public. She put her life on the line. And in desperation, crawled through the crowd. I'm sure she had people kicking her and all kinds of stuff. She pressed through the crowd, touched the hem of his garment. She said, I know today is my day. I want you to write it out in the comment section before Evangelist Taylor prays. Say this, or write this out. I expect good things to happen to me today. Or just write, I expect good things today. I expect good things today. I expect a miracle today. I expect a miracle today. If you're believing God for healing, I expect healing today. If you're believing God for a miracle of finances, I expect the money is coming in. I expect the God of overflow to not only meet my need, but to go far more abundantly and beyond what I have need of. Mm -hmm. And uh, Evangelist Talon's going to pray. If you have a specific prayer request, why don't you just write it out in the comment section if you feel comfortable in doing that. Uh, write it out in the comment section.
and uh, and I'm going to be reading them as evangelist prays, and uh, and we're going to believe God for a supernatural turnaround in your life, evangelist. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I'm already getting words, words of knowledge. There's somebody right now. I want to, I want to say this before I start spitting out these words, but I've seen so many deaf ears come open, blind eyes open. I've seen people that had scars on their body from self-harm totally disappear, even through live streams like this. There's no distance in the spirit. God is going to do a miracle for you now. I want you to simply believe it in your heart. And say it out loud. Say, thank you, Lord, that your word is working in me. I receive my miracle now in Jesus' name. And right now, as I pray for you, the power of God's going to hit you wherever you're at. Simply close your eyes and believe these prayers. As these words leave my mouth, you're going to be healed and miracles are going to happen on the spot. There's somebody right now, you've had a pain in the center of your forehead. I don't know if it's migraines or if there's cancer in the brain. There's something in your head that needs to go and it leaves your life now in Jesus' name. Totally obliterated. Never to return to you ever again. Somebody, your ears, you haven't had good hearing. You've had hearing aids. You've had issues. Your ears are being totally restored. God's giving you brand new ears right now. Any person with optical nerve damage, I command your eyes be healed now in Jesus' mighty name. I saw somebody you had an issue with a a tendon. I don't know if it's an ACL or a ligament, something going down your knee into the front of your foot, down your shin almost. There's an issue there. God gives you a brand new ligament, a brand new tendon right now. Your leg totally restored in Jesus' name. I just see angels dropping off gifts right now. The Lord's just ministering people right now. There's miracles. Someone's praying for a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter. You've got kids that aren't serving the Lord. They're coming back now. You need a miracle. You need God You need God to send an angel. You need God to put somebody in their path right now. I see right now God's bringing them back in Jesus' mighty name. There's a, a financial miracle. Somebody right now, you're in debt. You got no money. You don't know where the money's going to come from. Right now, God's giving you a miracle financially. I see somebody, uh, I see a train. I, I don't know what it is, but there's, there's just a train and God's bringing in the power of God into your life right now. Right now, I just feel it. Back pain. You need new discs in your back. God gives you brand new discs in your back right now. Kidney damage from drinking. I feel like somebody's got kidney damage right now. God's giving you brand new organs in your body. I command miracles to happen from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. Simply receive it. God's power is flowing right now. I feel that God's power is flowing right now. Somebody got an issue with your jaw. Power of God's all over you right now. Brand new jaw. Brand new jaw. Whatever you're believing for, Father, in the name of Jesus, let it be done unto them as they've believed. Father, the same prayer that that evangelist gave with that eyeball growing back, give them the desires of their heart. Show them your wonderful working power. And I thank you for it ahead of time. We give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. There's some people that are writing uh, for payment of debt. And I felt quickened Mm. to pray for that. If you have debt, debt (coughs) is not a sin, but debt is a weight. 
And the Bible says that God wants you to lay aside every weight that so easily entangles you so that you can run your race with perseverance. Debt causes you to stay at the level you're at. It's like an ankle bracelet. It's like being chained up, having house arrest. You can't really move, can't move far. You can't make strong moves for the kingdom if you're just drowning in debt. And so the Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 4, there was a, a widow who had debt. And her, her husband mm -hmm. had just recently died. And the debtors were coming to collect the debt. And she didn't have money to pay. They were going to take her sons. And the Bible says the prophet gave a word saying, What do you have in the house? She said, I don't have anything except for a little bit of oil. He said, Grab the oil. Go and gather jars from your neighbors. Don't gather just a few. Gather much. And as she began to pour out the oil with the door shut behind her, the oil began to flow. And when she came back to the men of God, he said, go and sell the oil and live off the rest. Not only did God cancel her debt, but he put her, he positioned her in a place where she had more than enough to live off the rest. Where she, he literally, God, in one miracle, crushed the back of poverty in her life where she was no longer going from paycheck to paycheck and barely barely surviving but she had all her needs now supplied by God's riches in glory God opened up the heavens over her life and she never lived another day of lack she never lived another day of just struggling to get along rocking on barely getting along street she had a life of abundance I pray right now in the name of Jesus everybody watching this broadcast that has debt that has any type of payment, maybe it's college debt, tuition debt that they haven't paid and they're like 10 years graduated and they, they've just been paying the interest payments, people that have debt as a result of, I feel specifically, it's a funeral. You buried someone and now you have debt as a result of burying someone and they're harassing you and hassling you to get that paid and you haven't even gotten over the death of that loved one. God's not only gonna supply, God's not only gonna supply Everything needed to pay off that debt. But he's going to bring you into a new realm. A realm you've never experienced before. Where you're now paying other people's debts off. Where you were the one going around as a beggarly Christian. But now you're the one going around to supply the needs of others. In Jesus mighty name. I release. As you are faithful. Remember this. What do you have in the house? Elisha said. As you're faithful in giving your best to God. And sowing offerings of faith into the kingdom of God. I release a supernatural anointing for debt annulation, cancellation. And the God who get, gives us power to create wealth from today is going to release supernatural innovation and wisdom. Plans and blueprints that are going to enable you to know what to do in 2021. Which might be for the world the harshest economic year, but for the body of Christ, the best economic year ever recorded. Supernatural innovation and thoughts inspired by the Holy Ghost to generate wealth for you, your family, and to pump into the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. If you receive that and what Evangelist Talon prayed, just uh, shout, uh, put amen in the comments section. I believe there's already been healings. There's no way you can have a... Uh, uh, Wow, look at that. I broke my jaw in a car accident, someone wrote. And uh, they've had nerve damage. And she said, I just, I could feel right now the damage and the feeling went away. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I know there's Praise more. the Lord. 
Hey, I want to pray one more too. There's there's a guy named Paul on Instagram. Paul, you just said I I had a word that the Lord said somebody's esophagus, but I didn't I didn't say it initially. But you just said you yeah, acid reflux and issues in your esophagus. The Lord's gonna heal you now, Paul. Crazy. Just take your hand, put your hand on your throat. I'm gonna command healing right now in Jesus' name, Father. In the name of Jesus, I command Paul's esophagus be made whole. Acid reflex will leave your life now. Any spirit of infirmity on this broadcast leaves people's bodies now in Jesus' name. Paul, your body is whole. You'll be fine. Everything you eat from today on, you're going to be fine. No more acid reflex. That spirit of infirmity leaves your life. You will be perfectly whole from this day forward in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, more on YouTube there, huh? Yeah. That's our main, where Praise most people watch. I realize I, that's where most people watch on YouTube. And so uh, I also felt special uh, in my spirit to pray for people that are infertile. You've been believing God for a child. Hebrews 11.11 says, By faith Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. Do you understand that fertility for a child of God is a promise from God? It's not something we just wish for. The Bible says in Exodus 23.25 that if you serve the Lord your God, he'll bless your bread and your water. He'll take sickness out of the midst. So if your infertility is a cause of cysts or something that grew in your womb that caused you to no longer be able to conceive seed, God said, I'll take that out of your midst. And then he goes on to say, none of your women shall be barren and none shall miscarry. And the number of your days I will fulfill. So God has a promise that you won't be barren. That's a promise. That's not me saying it and hoping that you're going to have wishful thoughts and get your hopes up and get excited for a little five-month period. This is a promise that is penned in Scripture. Deuteronomy 7 says, Thou shalt be blessed above all peoples, and there shall be none barren. Deuteronomy 28 says, Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb. Abraham was 99 years old, Sarah herself 90 years old, and faith gave a 90-year-old the ability to conceive seed and the, 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 the secret of her faith. The reason why God added her in the heroes of faith is something that we don't really read from reading Genesis. We don't really see it, but Hebrews, the Spirit inspired the writer of Hebrews to write, because she judged him faithful who had promised. God gave you a promise that you'll not be barren, and infertile, but that you'll abound and be fruitful. The very first command of Scripture is be fruitful and multiply. It's Not only is it a promise, it's an instruction. It's a command that God has given you. And so God would never give you a commandment without giving you sufficient grace to obey and carry out the instruction of that commandment. And so I pray right now in the name of Jesus, as you've judged God faithful who promised you to be fruitful and multiply, I pray a supernatural grace come on your womb right now. Same grace that allowed a 90-year-old to conceive. You're not 90. You're far less than 90. And all you've had was the report of doctors saying it's impossible. But today I give you the report of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray right now that in nine months' time, you shall hold your own Samuel. You shall hold your own Isaac. You shall hold your own miracle child in your hands. In the name of Jesus. And you'll have nothing else other than to just laugh at the devil. Who said you never have it. But you'll have it. You'll have her. You'll have that child. And you'll laugh in the face of the devil. And it'll not only do that. It'll incite in you a holy violence. 
a holy violence that will set the pace for miracle after miracle. Because you saw that the devil couldn't hold that back from you. So what else can he hold back? Nothing. Nothing. Mm. In the name of Jesus. Brother, I'm so thankful for you coming on the broadcast. Is there anything else you'd like to add? You can do so. I also, you know, before you, you, you X out and whatnot, tell the people how they can reach you. Tell the people how they can partner with your ministry. We will be sowing into your ministry. We, you know, labor is worthy of his wages. You came on the broadcast. You delivered, uh, not milk, you delivered meat today. And I know people, I, I, if, by the way, if you got healed, look at this. Someone just said, you mentioned front head pain and eyes. Like, I guess migraines. Praise God, my head pain went away. Praise the Lord. So if you got healed, go on salvationon.ca, uh, the contact us form. Fill it out. I want to hear your testimony. Give glory to God. Don't be like the nine lepers that got healed and did nothing. Be the one that came back and bowed before God and said, Lord, I'm going to give, I'm going to render unto you the testimony, do your name. I'm going to ascribe unto you the glory, do your name. Don't hoard. You want to know the secret of perpetual miracles? It's being a lunatic when it comes to releasing the testimony God has given you. Be a, a, a uh, what do they call them? Uh, those terrorists, they call them, uh, uh, what do they call them? Not aggressive, they call them. I'm trying to think, I uh, can't remember. Anyways, be. Suicide bombers. <laughs> be a suicide, no. Be, 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 uh, what do they call Hyper, no. What's the word I'm looking for? I'd say boast in the Just Lord, Just boast man. in the Lord. There you go. Boast in the Lord. Praise Bring back God. the testimony. I want to hear from you. I'm going to share with Evangelist Taylor. We're going to post it on our Instagram so it reaches as far as it can so that more people can be encouraged by your testimony. That's what testimonies do. Testimonies will strengthen the faith that's already in people. They read the word. They've studied the word. They have faith. Their testimonies is like a modern day proof that God's not done. And so... Uh, be intent on doing that. Radical. There you go. Ninev. Of course, you would know. There you go. Radical. Oh, a radical a testimony share. Radical, radical uh, giver of testimony. Be a radical Holy Ghost terrorist by going out and telling your testimony to as many people as possible. Uh, evangelist, tell people where they can find you online, TikTok and all that, your website, how they can partner with you and, uh, and keep up with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me, man. What an honor. Well, if you're looking for me, you can find me on TikTok and any other social media platform at Taylor.Michael. That's my username for basically everything. You'll find me on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, obviously here on Instagram as well. If you're looking to sow into the ministry, I'll just tell you what it is exactly that you're sowing into. The Lord told me that I'm reaching 200 million people this year. That's the goal. Last year reached 150 million, seen over 60,000 people. That's just like for sure guaranteed. I don't know how many how many people the, the number actually is, but seen 60,000 people make decisions to follow Christ or rededicate to Christ. That's huge, man. That's, That's like the size of a small city. You know, God is on the move, seeing signs, wonders, and miracles happen every day through social media platforms as well as in person. Also, my ministry feeds 20 kids every day in the country of Nicaragua, wow. and we're only going higher. I already told the Lord I'll never give less. I'll only give more. So we're just going to keep climbing that ladder and keep feeding more people, keep preaching the gospel. So if you want 
want to partner with the ministry, you can go to my website, revivalway.com, or on Instagram. I have it tagged right there, pinned in the comments. My Venmo, my Cash App, my PayPal. Right now is all currently under my individual name, but once we get nonprofit status, it'll be under Revival Way. But if you want to sow into the ministry, Cash App is dollar sign Taylor Michael. My first name, middle name, all one word. Venmo is Taylor Dash Michael. PayPal is evangelistaylan at gmail.com. And those are the different ways that you can sow into the ministry. I want to thank you ahead of time. I do believe God is a rewarder of those that sow into laborers of the gospel. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, when you give a little bit, you can expect to receive a little bit. But when you sow a lot, you can expect God to show up and he'll make all grace to abound in your life for all sufficiency in all things. God blesses those that bless people that are pulling in the harvest. So when you partner with Evangelist TJ, when you partner with somebody like me, when you partner with ministries that are reaping the harvest, it goes on to your account as well. And God blesses you for blessing a man or a woman of God that's out there doing the laboring. So you can believe God to show up with all grace, all sufficiency for those of you that sow today. And I just, I want to let you know I'm blessed and I love you so much from the bottom of my heart, everyone that sows into the ministry. It's going toward getting people into heaven. We're plundering hell and we're packing heaven every chance that we have. So thank you, everybody. I love you and I bless you tremendously. Thank you so much once again for coming on. We will definitely. This is definitely not going to be the last time. I really believe um, we're going to get we're going to get testimonies coming in. We already had people writing. I couldn't catch all the comments because there were very many comments coming in. Uh, so I'm going to go back and read them. Some people already wrote the, their testimonies in the comment section, but love to have you back soon. Thank you so much for, for coming today. Um, we're going to send you something, so I'm going to text you on Instagram in, in a bit. But God bless you, man, and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Stay connected with us by visiting us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching at TJ Malkanji, or visit us online, www.salvationnow.ca. God bless you, and until next time.